0: Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on the iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Great to have you on board once again. Sorry I wasn't available last week; just not feeling my best and just kind of busy, you know that type of thing. And I barely got this one started here, so bear with me. Ready to rock and roll, talk some hockey. Gonna uh, kind of brush things a little bit with a broad stroke because there's kind of too many games to to uh, <laughs> too many games to review per se. In detail, it's just kind of in general. We're going to talk some more about the young, the young prospects and such, and maybe even throw in a little Gopher conversation here and there. Yeah, it's going to be like a, it's going to be a fun show, fun show in general here. Um, ultimately, what an up and down, crazy week. But the Wild, at the end of the day, as the dust clears, are one point ahead of the Colorado Avalanche for the eighth spot in the Western Conference playoffs. Yeah, uh, it's good to at least be in that position. Um, It's certainly not living up to the expectations. There's no way this team is going to live up to our expectations for this season. But as we like to say, infamously, it is what it is, right? I mean, it is what it is. Uh, The state of this team right now at the head coaching position. I like what Torchetti has been doing. I'm glad that uh, he's scratched Thomas Vanek the past three games. I think it's about time. Um, a lot of people out there are like, well, why is everybody turning on Thomas Vanek now after the strong start he had at the beginning of the season? It's kind of a sugar high, a, a little bit. Um, did, did you really think it was going to last? Did you really think Miku Koivu's strong start was going to last? Did you think Suter's lung start, strong start was going to last? It seemed too good to be true. And when something seems to be could appears to be too good to be true, it probably is, right? You know, that's one of the sayings. I kind of butchered it, but you get the idea. Kind of got the gist of it there. Uh, It just, do you really think Koivu, Suter, and Vanek are the three best players on this team? I mean, no? Uh, (laughs) Koivu always has his ups and downs. Suter always has his ups and downs, and defensively as well. Um, Vanek, you know, yeah, he has the talent to score, but the effort sometimes is there and sometimes it's not. It's kind of like sending a message, and Torchetti is at a point in his coaching career, so to speak where he doesn't give a damn about feelings. You know, you don't need to be all worried about the guy's feelings, where Mike Yo is so worried about, oh, he might lose the team if he sits manic. Torchetti's at a stage, hey, he's trying to win some hockey games, and if you're not going to give a positive, strong effort out there, to hell with you. And that's, that's uh, pretty much Torchetti's thinking, I, I believe, without really being that harsh. But you get the idea. Uh, Jordan Schrader's seen some significant action out there. Only two points on the season, one goal, one assist. He finally got his first assist the other night. But he's got the quickness, the speed. I think he's talented enough to be an NHL player, at least on the fourth line. I mean, I like Jordan Schrader. Uh, there's several players in the Wild organization that are that are at least fourth liners. But let's try to get some top liners in here. That would be nice. There's talk about hopefully going after that in the offseason. Um, Thomas Vanek may have played has played his last game for the Wild. For all we know, he might end up getting uh, he might end up getting uh, bought out in the offseason, as it won't affect the cap as much as it would buying out Hamenvill. You're looking at over $5 million a year in the remaining seasons, remaining as cap hits if Jason Commonville's bought out, and it'd probably be a pretty expensive buyout with all the uh, years left in the contract. Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter, that's unthinkable. You can't buy those contracts out, are you crazy? And, well, you got to hope Zach Parisi one of these days is going to come out of the funk that he's been in, like a, a career-long funk. I, I don't understand. Uh, is his longest funk is his career, i got to say. He's had injuries here and there, and that's just kind of Parisi. He plays hard, things happen. He gets hit in, the, hit in the ankle with the puck, stuff like that, hit in the face with the stick. Things happen to a guy that plays as hard as Zach Parisi. But he's been different, significantly different, since sometime around January or so, where you're kind of wondering, what's going on with this guy? Is he the same player? Is he injured? Uh, what the hell is going on? The mysterious upper body injury. You know how they like to say, my guess would be it's something to do with a rib or a shoulder and that kind of thing will screw up your mechanics as a as a a player uh parisi had a gimme in the chicago blackhawks game the other night sunday march the 20th a gimme and he missed the net just just missed it it would have ended the game in overtime um the wild winning in overtime happens about as often as the vikings win the super bowl maybe okay maybe not quite that rare But uh, just about, it's been a pathetic run when it comes to the overtime for the Wild. I'll run through the scores here, at least, just to kind of get caught up. We left off with getting hammered by the St. Louis Blues, a 4-2 game, Sunday, March the 6th. That was last time around. That was the last game we talked about. Then the Wild ended up losing a very quiet game against the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid, what a surprise. He scored one of the goals, as I was predicted, because the guy's the next Gretzky, I guess. I mean, he's unbelievable. He's at least the next stretcher, Kane, that's for sure. And he might end up being better than him. <laughs> he just might. And that's not as crazy a statement as it may have sounded maybe a year ago or so. Um, the guy just has talent. Uh, Kemper was pretty damn good in that game, but Connor McDavid put the puck past Kemper's shoulder, and that was all she wrote. 2-1 to loss to the Edmonton Oilers at the Axel Energy Center. The Wild refused to win at home. Saturday, March the 12th, the Wild beat the hell out of a Montreal Canadian team that was really... That, that, that's banged up, injured, uh, all that. You know, the chemistry's no good. Obviously, Kerry Price has been out since, since you know, since palm trees were in the Arctic. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. He's been out for a while. Uh, Ottawa, Craig Anderson was out for a while, and then he came back and played pretty well. The Wild lose that one in overtime, 3-2. to two. Mm, Just an unbelievable loss there as the Wild give up a goal at the last second against the Ottawa Senators. Went past uh, Dubnik there. Ultimately, in the last couple minutes, a defensive breakdown by Parisi. Zach He just, I, I don't know, defensively, he's not been good. Offensively, he can't find the net. Don't know. 3-2 uh, to two loss in overtime by Ottawa. A pretty easy goal scored in overtime by the Ottawa Senators. That Montreal game was a lot of fun. I got to say, though, on Saturday, March the 12th, the uh, Ottawa game was Tuesday, March the 15th. Granlund actually got two goals in that Montreal game, which is incredible. And neither one of them were... Uh, the, the, the most amazing part was neither one of them were empty netters, but Holla was able to get double-digit goals for the first time in his career with an empty netter. And that son of a gun is a hockey player. Eric Holla can play. I just love him right now. And even Granlund's been playing very well. Thomas Vanek may his final assist of the season on Granny's second goal. A power play diddy for Mikhail Granlund. Tenth goal of the season, or should we call him Granlund? Okay, I'll just stop it. Nino you know, Niederreiter has been playing very, very well. As well, uh, you, I mean Eric Halla, you know Ryder Just what, what a nice combination right there. And you had Pominville with them until he got hurt, unfortunately. Uh, what a nice line that was together. But at least Halla and Niederreiter are playing together still. Very strong line in that case. Thursday, March the seventeenth, St. Patrick's Day. I think the Wild were drunk. I, I, I'm sorry. I mean, was it too much Guinness? What, what the hell happened here? Did you drink too much uh, uh, Cream de Menth? You know, all all that that ultra green stuff. You know what I'm saying? What what the hell was this? (laughs) Yeah, 7 to 4 to the New Jersey Devils. Like, seriously, like, what the hell? Did you show up? Or, uh, I, I can't really answer this one. Sorry, that's uh that's bullshit. <laughs> seven to four to the Devils in the Wild. Oh, they saved face with a couple goals in the third period there. You know we, sc- we scored a couple goals there, so got got to save a little face, but uh, you know it's an unacceptable game for the Wild there. Uh, Nito Niederreiter early on was able to get his seventeenth goal of the year. Spurgeon eighth power play goal, or eighth goal of the season. The Wild strong on the power play at least got a couple power play goals in the game, but ultimately seven to four, just a just a shellacking. Oh, the wild tried as they might to stay in the game but dubnik shelled pulled after the after the third goal in the first period they benched dubnik and then Kemper was even worse I mean kemper was worse like he sucked he just put the puck on that and he scores yeah shoot it high shoot it low whatever shoot it low on dubnik shoot it high on Kemper. bam there you go the devils were uh they stuck the pitchfork in the wild in this one eh <laughs> I mean I'm sorry but I know that's lame, but I had to say it. <coughs> Excuse me. What's lame is the fact that the Wild lost seven to four to the New Jersey Devils. That's what's lame. It was pathetic, terrible defense, complete breakdown, all over the place, bad goaltending. You name it. You just you, you, you just name it, man. Again, trying not to cough to death like I always do. It's like my throat just gets dry when I get behind the mic. I'm sorry, that's bullcrap. But I suppose that's why they have dumb buttons in you know professional radio. and all that good stuff, but you get the idea. I have my own little dumb butt here, right? Because I'm not like a in a multi-million dollar studio or anything, as you could probably guess. <clears throat> but then the Wild start to putting the clamps down and the and Devin Dubnik's suddenly an all-star goalie again. <laughs> All right. Back-to-back shootout victories for the Wild? Hey, we'll take it. The Wild beat Carolina three to two in a shootout. Not the most exciting game ever, but we won a game at Excel Energy Center. Oh, ho, 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 ho. we won a game at XL Energy Center. I can't believe it. Yes, hallelujah! We got the job done. We and we won in the shootout overtime period. It's a miracle. Woo <laughs> March nineteenth, three to two victory, or well, you know, two to two overtime, and then the third goal is the you know you get the idea of David Jones, who's been nice. He's been a nice little addition to that fourth line. David Jones, I I like him. I like David Jones. Uh, Jared Stoll, I got to think he's finished after this season. <laughs> I think he's done. Um, he's not terrible or anything, but he's barely—I mean, barely—in the NHL at this stage as a as a fourth line center. Just barely. I mean, you barely know he's even out there. He, at most, he just hits a couple guys, and you know he's got, he's decent at hanging on to the puck, and and a, he's a he's an okay wall guy. Yay. That's about it. David Jones can still score a bit, though, and that's what he used to do early in his career. Jason Zucker with an ultra-rare goal on that. Uh, that is the top line. Jason Zucker going from the third to the top line. He's been all over the place. Um, Zucker was scratched several games there with Vanek. Remember that? Koivu and Coyle assisting there. Guys that have quieted down a bit, like Coyle was still kind of, well, he's leading the team in scoring with like 51 points, which is nothing in the NHL, 51 points, come on, but Coyle finally getting his 40th point over the course of the last two weeks, Zucker finally getting something going here, scoring a goal early in that third period, keeping the wild in it, but Jordan Stahl scared us a bit. Yeah, it's like oh great, another late goal. Watch Carolina skate out of here with a victory. And the Carolina, oh, I almost called them the Panthers again. The Carolina Hurricanes—they're not bad, but that Eastern Conference is tough at the bottom. There, um the West is insanely tough at the top. It's very deep at the top, but then at the bottom, it's not so bad. And that's why the Wilder are, are are in there. Colorado's not very stiff competition, but then again, seventh seed on the, the hell with that. We're not going to catch Nashville. We're just not. Uh, it just ain't going to happen. You know, one of those type of deals. But over in the East, I mean, Carolina's got about the same record as us, if you can believe it. If you can believe it. They, they've improved dramatically, but they're, they have no chance of making the postseason. At least it's very unlikely. Chicago Blackhawks. <clears throat> pardon me. You're probably, I can't even hear this guy. Sunday, March the 20th, back-to-back against the Blackhawks. That smells lost, right? Especially in Chicago? No? No? Dubnik was just unbelievable. I mean, just Unbelievable another shootout victory for the wild similar situation in, in the sense wild ended up scoring two goals luckily the wild uh hanging in there <laughs> the second all the scoring was in the second period it was mostly grinded out after that grinded out nice stops by Devin dubnik and and you know that darling is pretty good too over there he's that that uh, scott darling for the chicago blackhawks he's pretty damn good um, it doesn't matter who's in now with the Blackhawks and the Wild. It seems like they do a good job, but then again, Crow- Corey Crawford usually gets his ass kicked by the Wild in the in the regular season. <laughs> Postseason, we we we're not going to talk about that. We're just not. That's that's the past. We're not going to talk about it. No, um, the Wild four and zero against the Blackhawks. Over the course of the season, the Blackhawks did pick up their first point against the Minnesota Wild in the regular season, Sunday, the third of the twentieth. That was their first point against the Wild after four bleeping games. That's insane. Wrap up the season series next Tuesday, the 29th. Rock and roll, rock and roll, right there. Mm. <coughs> Pardon me. There we go. That was not supposed to be there, but it's there. Sorry. Um, Wild have a chance to go 5-0 and against the Blackhawks. I can't believe it. <laughs> Absolutely nuts, isn't it? Ah, Jiminy Christmas. I, I, I just can't believe it. Um, fun game for the Wild. Strong performance overall. Mikhail Granlund struggling on the faceoff. Koivu was not that good in the faceoff either. Stole is like a non-factor. <laughs> I don't know why I'm even getting into that, but overall, Eric Holla, man, just an unbelievable player. And what a nice goal he scored in the game, too. Oh, pardon me, that's the next. Uh, I'm going all over the place. Yeah, it was a nice goal, ultimately. Needle, Needle Rider setting him up. So Fontaine basically has replaced Pominville on that third line at this point as the Lions continue to shuffle all over the place uh, for so many reasons. Guys getting healthy, scratch, guys getting hurt, this, that. We need to switch this, change that, this type of thing. Needle, Needle Rider netting his 18th. Hala and Needle Rider. Just what more can you say? Unbelievable. Fantastic. Um, the lines changed during the course of this one. Schrader, there you go. There's your first assist of the season for Jordan Schrader, a guy who's clearly the best player in the Iowa Wild. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Performance-wise, Jordan Schrader is the, the king of the Iowa Wild. But I think he's NHL-ready. I think he's, uh, he's certainly not living up to that first-round, 22nd overall pick back in 09. But hey, a talented guy. He was an awesome player on the Gophers. But um, I think he's at least a fourth-line player in this league. He 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 shows... He shows grit, you can say, for a small guy, and his speed is incredible. Um, Maybe he could still develop into a scorer like, I mean, like Eric Holla ultimately has really been developing into. The possibility exists. it's funny how many Govers are in the system, and they're in the system and on the roster in the NHL. You got so many of them. I mean, even Vanek, but yeah, yeah, Vanek, hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Vanek, hmm. You got Richard Panic also. Panic, I love that. Scoring in the second period, tying things up. And it's just, you just, your heart just sank when the Blackhawks tied things up at the end of that that second period. A very action-filled second period. But Dubnik slammed the door on those Blackhawks the entire third period. Unfortunately, Scott Darling did the same against the Wild as the Wild actually led the game in shot, shot attempts and all that. But ultimately, it wasn't meant to be in the shootout for the Blackhawks. Hallelujah. As, uh, the Wild, or should me, the Blackhawks unable to score a single time and Coyle, ultimately the hero, with a very nice goal early on in that shootout. The first attempt by the Wild, and it was all the Wild needed as Doobie stopped all three attempts by Taze, Patrick Kane, and Panarin. Unbelievable. Just a very, very fun finish for the Wild. I'm not excited about the Wild versus the Blackhawks in the postseason because fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, and fool me thrice. Yikes. You know, I mean, I'm not going to get filled three times. Are you crazy? It was already shame on me last year, right? Hell with that. <laughs> I'm not fooled, man. Through fool me thrice. Yikes. Mm. Tuesday, March 22nd, put the clamps down. Devin Dubnik was a freaking bomb. After getting shelled against that New Jersey Devils, you figured, oh, Dubnik, he's not the same guy. Why would we sign him to this six-year contract? What the hell were we thinking? You get all excited about that, that strong finish, but you know that's not who he is ultimately. But hopefully he can be a decent goalie. And you know what? He is a decent goalie most of the time. He just gets his ass kicked uh, on occasion. But I suppose that happens to all goalies. Even Jonathan Quick gets his ass kicked at times. Dubnik was just awesome in this one. And Eric Halla, what a swipe. What a nice pass by uh, Charlie Coyle from behind the net. Just a swipe, kind of a backhand type of shot. 12th goal of the year. Couldn't believe it. I mean, it's just... Eric is a stud now, man. 12th goal of the season. He's almost got 30 points already. <laughs> Eric Holla with 30 points almost. I mean, that's freaking awesome. And you think ultimately in the grand scheme of things, that isn't that, that isn't that big a deal. But when you're considering the short amount of time, it's been that Eric Holla's been scoring all these points. You can tell this guy's going to be a, a nice player in this league. And you knew it two t- uh, two years ago. you just wonder what the hell happened last year. It was just some kind of stupid personal pissing battle between him and uh, Mike Yo, apparently. And then you bring in Torch, who takes him aside and says, man, you could be a stud if you do this, this, and this. Well, he's doing this, this, and this. I mean, just just look at him. Just unbelievable, unbelievable play by Eric Hall. It might be the top center on the team right now. <laughs> Ultimately, at minimum, a second or third line center for the Wild long term. I am thrilled to have him, and you should be too. Koivu right now the number one center on the wild because Grandland refused to take that role this year. 17th goal of the year in the second period, making it 2-0. to uh, Freaking awesome right there. Suter and Parisi, those are all the names on the power play. All the same guys. And, you know, my buddy and brother-in-law, <laughs> Chance Kostick, his father, David Kostick was telling me about Ryan Suter and all that on the power play. And I, I agree with him fully. Like, why is he still on the power play when he's got no shot? he's got a soft shot. It doesn't scare anybody. Why not put at least Dumba out there? He's got a stronger shot. And Dumba does get out there, but not as much as Suter. It's like Suter's constantly on the power play. And yeah, I agree. I just figured I'd give them that shout out and say, Hey, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good point. <laughs> Why not mention it? Um, yeah, I mean, get the shot. Get, get, they need a stronger shot on the power play. And having Ryan Souter out there as long as the Wild have is, is disappointing. But at least he was able to get an assist here, putting the puck on that. So it helps. Uh, Parisi managing to get an assist, helping Koivu out there. 17th goal of the season for Koivu. Tyler Tofoy breaking up that shoot, that shutout by Devin Dubnik, but then was unbelievable down the stretch. Just sprawling after the loose pucks that the Wild couldn't clear out of the zone or out of the crease. It was just unbelievable what Devin Dubnik was able to do in this game. And he was clearly the number one star of the game for the Wild. Absolutely fantastic. Unfortunately, <clears throat> I can't give him the uh, Mike McDonald Award. I, I can't. He'll, he'll get an honorable mention, but that performance against New Jersey was, was garbage. Um, but overall, Dubnik, I got to tell you, outside of that New Jersey game, he's been pretty damn good. Devin Dubnik's been pretty damn good, and he's had and he's had minimal rest, to be quite honest. Um, I was very disheartened by uh, Darcy Kemper's performance in Dumnik's relief. I mean, maybe the Wild might have tied that game up. They managed to score four goals, believe it or not, against Snyder of the, uh, the the Devils there. Um, Dumnik facing 39 shots by this Kings team, who's been playing fantastic. They've managed to maintain the division lead over the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, which I think is incredible, considering what a surge the Anaheim Ducks were on the last month or two. I mean, they've been unbelievable like Stanley Cup good. And look at the Kings, they maintained the lead. And the Wild have been very successful against the Kings this year. In fact, well, they lost in overtime way back on October 16th. Overtime 2 to 1 loss. We got one point out of it. You shut them out 3 to nothing. Darcy Kemper absolutely awesome in LA once again like he was years ago. And then in Minnesota, the Wild win the season series 2-1 to one with a 2-1 to one victory. Go figure. Three goals scored in every single game. That's another kind of interesting, creepy thing. That's weird. Huh. Three goals scored total in each game. I, I don't know why, but that's just how it turned out. I fear the Kings, though, in the playoffs, if the Wild were to face them. I, I, I think they're just like the Blackhawks, you know? They're a completely different team when it comes to the playoffs, but... The Wild used to never, and I mean never, beat the Kings in the postseason, but they were able to win the season series, so that's good. That's a positive, and it keeps the Wild in playoff contention, and that's fantastic, and I think the Wild absolutely are the better team when it comes to the Wild versus the Colorado Avalanche. So, before we sign off for you on the first segment, and then get into the second segment preview, and then talk about the prospects out there, including Gopher prospects and all that, you know, Gopher's that are wild prospects. You get the idea. Um, <clears throat> let's pass out some awards here. Mike Madonna Award is going to go to the number one center of the wild. That guy's name is Eric Holla, <laughs> the former leading scorer of the of the uh, Minnesota Gophers and the former leading scorer of the Iowa Wild. And he's been the leading scorer of the Minnesota Wild of late, but obviously not for the season. But he's going to get another Mike Madonna Award. Just an absolutely outstanding performance. Pardon that. <laughs> outstanding performance by Eric Holla. The James Shepard Memorial. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry Zach I, I, I got to give it to you again and uh, I, I I got to. I don't know if him and Torchetti are getting along or what the hell's the deal I didn't apparently him and Yo had some serious differences. Uh, Zach Parise he's just a different guy right now. Um, it sounds like there's some other issues going on according to Ryan Souter that obviously are under the car under the rug. We can't really get into it. I don't know what they are so how, how can I get into it? partially I can speculate there's a serious nagging injury I think that's going on maybe shoulder or rib that's what I would guess. Rib can change the motion of your shot. Shoulder can destroy the motion of your shot so I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a shoulder injury that's really bleeping the guy up. That, that's my guess. That's my speculation. As for personal things none of my business I don't know. that, <laughs> yeah, But maybe there's some personal stuff going on too um, had his father die in the last year that's not good Maybe he's going through depression. I don't know. But then again, see so here I go. Now I'm speculating when I said I wouldn't. So there I go. That, that's what I get for getting behind the microphone, right? That's what we do. We just babble on, don't we? <laughs> but Zach is going to get the James Shepard uh, Memorial. I have to give it to you, man. I'm sorry. Uh, what do you want me to give it to? You, Nate Prosser? Yeah, uh, Darcy Kemper played in one game. He sucked. He definitely gets a uh, a uh, honorable mention for the James Shepard Memorial and an honorable mention for the Mike Madonna award is going to be Devin Dubnik because overall his performance outside of that blasted New Jersey game he's been pretty good and he's kept the wild in playoff contention so despite being inconsistent a bit Mr. Devin Dubnik you've been pretty strong pretty strong overall so that's good at least he looks like a starting goalie out there and there's no doubt about it so with that here we go we're out of here for segment one segment two coming right up the Wild. Previous segment and of course we're going to talk about the the prospects and such. A little little NCAA hockey tournament. Just a little teeny bit considering there's some prospects in there. I mean, why not? Wild prospects. Why not enjoy it a little bit, right? Even though the the, the golden Ophers didn't make it. They were Ophers this year in the, in the uh, NCAA tournament. It sucks. I'll get back to that shortly. Minnesota Wild hosts the Calgary Flames and guess who's going to be in that Thursday, March the 24th. That would be well, that'd be Nicholas Backstrom. Yeah, Nicholas Backstrom's going to be the goalie. He's played one game for the Flames. He did play a net, and he gave up only one goal in that game. Very strong performance against the Montreal Canadiens. Now, let's not forget that Devin Dumnick only gave up one goal against the Montreal Canadiens also. So, yeah, you know, I don't mean to cheapen what Backstrom did, but <laughs> at the same time, um, well, you know, it's it was Montreal. They weren't that good. Uh, the Wild have only played one game against the Flames this year so far. Strange, a five to three performers. They got kind of wild and crazy in the Saddledome back on the February the seventeenth. That was during Torchetti's first couple of games there, and the Wild were scoring like crazy, but we're a little bit too wide open. The of clamps have been clamped the past uh, few, <laughs> the past the past few weeks here, so a little bit different now. Calgary Flames out of playoff contention. They're under five hundred and all that unfortunately only sixty eight points on the season so that's pretty much it for them. So Backstrom attempting to uh, play spoiler for the Wild here and he's gonna give us he's gonna give his damnedest I gotta hope the wild can beat this team I gotta hope and pray that the wild can beat this team tonight uh they have some nice scores though they have some nice young talent I think this flames team is gonna emerge the next couple of years um they have some veterans also uh, that this Johnny <laughs> Johnny. Gaudreau, though, he's really, really come around. Uh, 71 points in the season, 27 goals. The Wild would kill to have a guy like that right now, born in 93. He was a fourth-round pick in 2011. Fourth-rounder. I mean, how many of these are on... Let's just say how many... Let's ask the quick question. How many of these type of guys are on Doug Risebrough's resume? Exactly. How many of these are on uh, Chuck Fletcher's uh, resume, to be quite honest? Exactly. Um, come on. Uh, it's one thing you can get a hit in the first round, but, but, I mean, for the most part, neither one of our GMs have even hit one of these type of guys in the first round. Uh, Gabrick, sure. Okay, once. The very first draft in the history of the franchise. That's it. Uh, Sean Moore. Monahan has also been playing very well. TJ Brody's strong. Monahan's even younger. First round pick, sixth overall by the Flames two years ago. 55 points in the year. 26 goals. 29 assists. Uh, top line center. Or the Calgary Flames. You're telling me this team doesn't have a future in this league? I and mean, you also got Nicholas Backstrom in that, right? Just like the whole Mike Vernon thing remember I talked about that last show. Uh, lots of young talent on this team, but two guys at the top there. Fantastic. Mark Mark Giordano, also very strong as well. About 50 points in the season. 30 assists. And he's a defenseman. Uh, not an up-and-come or anything. A nice veteran, though, leading the way. 50 points in the season. I mean, that's pretty good. Um, and he's, yes, he's a veteran. He's two years older than Ryan Suter. But you got to have some veterans, and he's a nice, strong one for them. Kyrie Ramos is also a decent goalie, but but Backstrom's going to be a net against the, the Wild, though. You know they got to do that, right? To try to screw around with the Wild and hopefully try to get near 500 are the Flames. Ultimately, I like the Flames. They're my second favorite team in the NHL. Um, I'm not rooting for Nicholas Backstrom or anything, though. He's been, he's been a cap hit for the Wild for many years, so... Nothing personal against you, Nicholas, but uh, I'd like to beat you in this game. Um, <laughs> I think the Wild absolutely need to win the game. Obviously, uh, Kari Ramo, though has been out with a torn ACL, and that's mainly why Nicholas Backstrom's in there, to be at least the backup for the Flames for the remainder of the season. I mean, they had to have somebody in there, an NHL goalie, so why not? Um, it is what it is. I think the Wild could and should beat the Flames, the Nicholas Backstrom factor is dangerous, and of course, the scores. Uh, the Flames absolutely can score, and that's why that's one of the reasons why they made things very interesting, February the 17th, with all these talented young guys, and of course, the veterans as well, who are very good. Yeah, Yuri, Yuri Hidler and others. Um, I keep bouncing around with this one. You'd think I'd have a black-and-white prediction, but I'm having a hell of a time with it. The Wilds' play at home has not been good, you know? Out of the next couple games here, this one might be most likely the loss, even though you think it's the most likely win, considering they're the worst team right now on the on the four game schedule here. Just to be safe, I suppose I'm gonna, jeez, I'm gonna pick a three to two no, Ugh, I'm gonna pick a three to two like shootout type of loss. The Wild will get a point out of the game. But they'll uh, shoot out or o- overtime. It'll go to overtime, and we won't get to the shootout. We kill Backstrom in the shootout. <laughs> but um, yeah, Backstrom in the shootout. Good night. But uh, but then again, they have those good scores. I think they'll win in overtime. The Flames. I'm going to go three to two Flames in overtime. The Wild will get a point though to uh, at least kind of hang into the playoff race and everything. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of worried about this game. Uh, something. To, I mean, I think Backstrom's going to have a strong game. I, I hope he doesn't, but I think he will. But the next couple of games, I think, are going to be good for the Wild, even though they're tough opponents and everything. Saturday, March the 26th, the Wild head to Colorado. Head to head matchup, baby, for that eighth seed. That's that big, big battle here, the battle to the finish here. The Wild and the Calgary Flames, Varlamov versus Dumirk. Uh, all these cars, Nathan McKinnon, up and coming stud for the for the uh, Calgary, why am I calling him Calgary? The Colorado Avalanche. They have all these uh, Landis Gog, all these troublemakers and such. <laughs> oh Landis Gogg, that guy though I believe he I believe he's suspended right now so maybe we won't have to worry about him Jerome McKinley's always been a wild killer McCloud's a good player Cody McCloud all these young players these veterans all that but the wild's history against this Bla- this Colorado team for a while has been pretty good it's been about it's been bouncy bounce during the course of this season though um we lost in overtime December the 7th we Beat them in a shutout, December the 5th. that's so all over the place. Minnesota beat Colorado five to four in a crazy game early on. Dubin had given up a lot of goals in that game, but the wild still win the game five to four, and then a six to three crazy performance. March the 1st. I picked the wild to win this one in Colorado, believe it or not. It's not going to be easy, but the wild can do it. I will pick a four to three victory for the Minnesota Wild over the Colorado Avalanche in a very emotional, very frustrating, very anger-driven game. Might even go to the shootout or overtime, but ultimately the Wild will win the game. Uh, Nathan McKinnon's day-to-day with a knee injury as of right now, but it's day-to-day, so don't be surprised to see him in the lineup. Matt Shane same thing, knee injury day-to-day. So, there you go. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how things turn out between these, these teams. I uh, will go with a 4-3 victory in an emotional battle and a Wild victory I think the Wild are the better team. I think they're more. I think they're more stable than the than the Avalanche is unstable as the Wild have been. Four to three, Minnesota. The most likely guy to score in the Calgary game, is going to be. It's it, Charlie Coyle. He's been so quiet of late. I, I don't know why, but I'm going to go with Coyle for the Calgary game. I'm going to go with Nino Niederreiter for the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> Nino Niederreiter for the Colorado Avalanche. Most likely guy to score in the game, Chicago Blackhawks come to Minnesota Tuesday, March the 29th. I think the Wild are going to, I think they're going to sweep the season series over the Blackhawks. And it's not because we're, we're better than them, but I think we're going to sweep the season series even though the Blackhawks will probably come in determined. There's something about the Wild against the Blackhawks this time of year, you know, this time of year, right? March. Not late April or May. But March, I think the Wild will win the game in a very emotional performance. I think the scoring will be fairly high for the Wild. 4-2 to victory for Minnesota. Most likely guy to score, Eric Holla. Patrick Kane will score in the game because he always does. He always scores against the Wild. And uh, why wouldn't you just die to have Jarmos in on the Wild? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great, uh, Corey Crawford? I'm not sure if he's going to be a net or what the deal is. He's been day to day with an upper body injury. Wouldn't don't be surprised to see Darling in there again. Uh, keep Crawford rested and ready for the postseason, as the Blackhawks will be chasing the cup once again. I hope they don't get it, and I don't think they will this year. I, I don't think so. But yeah, I didn't think the Blackhawks had a had a stone's chance last year, but but he did. But they did. Um, Wild win 4-2 over the Blackhawks and Eric Halla, the most likely guy to score in that game. And I do think Halla will get an assist at some point in the Calgary or Colorado game. And don't be surprised to see him keep racking up the goals as well. He's just been absolutely great. Wrap up the month of March, might as well do it, regardless if I'm going to record between now and then or not. Thursday, March 31st, Wild host the Ottawa Senators. Craig Anderson and the Ottawa Senators. The Wild history against them has been... All over the place. Uh, the Wild got a point against them last week with Craig Anderson in net. Will it be Andrew Hammond this time around? Will it be An- uh, Anderson? I have no idea. It doesn't really matter ultimately, though. I think the Wild are more likely to beat Hamburgler than they are to beat the uh, Ottawa. Uh, they are to beat uh, Craig Anderson. I-, I hope it's Hammond for that sake. I suppose um, Dion Phaneuf. They have some nice players. <laughs> they really do. And Carlson, obviously, like I talked about last time around. Just think about that defensive pairing. Wow! Unbelievable. Just score city. Hoffman's obviously one of the best scorers on this club. Lots of talent on the Ottawa Senators. They're fighting for a playoff seed that's probably, yeah, yeah, they're they're not going to make it this year. They're too far down. I think the Wild will win the game. It'll be another, it'll be a 4-3 to three overtime victory or shootout victory over the Ottawa Senators. And I will pick the most likely guy to score in that one. Hmm. Most likely guy to score against the Ottawa Senators is going to be Jason Zucker. Don't know why I'm coming up with that one. It's just a feeling. Just a feeling. I think Jason Zucker is the most likely guy to score in the Ottawa Senators game. Um, Don't be surprised to see Darcy Kemper. Uh, I'm going to think uh, I have a feeling Darcy Kemper will be in net against the Ottawa Senators, but I'm probably wrong. Dubnik will be in net against Chicago and Colorado, most likely. and Probably tonight, too. You're going to see mostly Dubnik here, but maybe Darcy will sneak in against the Ottawa Senators, in my humble opinion, depending on how things are going for Devin Dubnik. If he keeps playing as well as he is, he'll play all four, and he'll be like, the hell with all that. <laughs> so let's kind of bounce around a little bit here. Justin Tuck and, and others out there. Justin Tuck of Boston College. See, that's where the confusion comes in. You get Boston University and such with, with Greenway and such. Uh, Justin Tuck finishing with three points more than last season, and now he'll be playing on Boston College in the... In the NCAA tournament, they're well—they're one of the unranked because they only show they only show the top four teams in the country. You have Quinnipiac number one again. They're still chasing their first national championship. Can you believe that? How many times Quinnipiac's been number one in, the, in college hockey? You know, for that reason and because I hate most of these other teams. Freaking Michigan beat the Gophers the other night. God, and they're in. Ah, oh, pardon me—I almost dropped an f-bomb there. But, um, yeah, Justin talked. 15 goals, 16 assists, 31 points, 37 games, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Boston College, I don't think they're going to compete for a championship, but you never know. They're always kind of in it, you know. Uh, Boston University didn't make it, and they went all the way last year. Providence, fourth in the country, defending national champions. Providence, much stronger than last year. Last year, they were one of the unranked clubs. In fact, they were the worst team in the tournament, and apparently they would not have made the tournament had the Gophers not beaten Michigan. Michigan would have been in, and Providence would have been out. That's kind of interesting how that turns out. But as we like to say, it is what it is. Uh, Joel Erickson, I should say. He sustained an injury in early February, where his skate got kind of caught with another skate, and he kind of turned his ankle. Pretty, it looked kind of bad, um, and he hasn't played since. That sucks. Uh, olofsson also in the Iowa Wild system. Hey, I think he was going to be a nice defenseman in this league, and he played very well under Torchetti, really starting to rack up the points when Torchetti took over that club, and he started to kind of get in his groove. Uh, Gustav olofsson has been unavailable for a while. He's been stuck at only fifty-two games on the season. With the Iowa Wild for the longest time, unfortunately, uh, Notre Dame will be no. Well, they're they're higher. They'll be playing against those Michigan Wolverines, the Big Ten champion Wolverines. Apparently, uh, Big Ten champion regular season Gophers, tournament champion Wolverines. This time around, unfortunately, they will play against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and of course, Mr. Mario Lucia Super Mario Lucia, who again, like I've like I've mentioned, had been having kind of a down season. I believe it is. Yeah, it's a senior year by now. 2011 pick by the Minnesota Wild. Of course, the son of the Don Lucia. Fourth season already with Notre Dame. Wow, well, in the Hockey East. Only 24 points, but he's hey, he's played less games to be fair. But his goal scoring significantly down. He had 21 goals last year. Two versus only 11 assists. Definitely a more of a goal scorer than a passer. Uh, a left winger, ultimately, that's usually how left wings are. They score more goals than, than assists, ultimately. They're more just snipers. Uh, the Plymouth, Minnesota native, Mario Lucia. Hopefully, he'll be signing with the Minnesota Wild this summer. An a entry-level contract, as they say, where maybe he'll be starting off with the Iowa Wild, most likely, and go from there, hope for the best. But uh, he'll be playing against the Michigan Wolverines in the NCAA, NCAA Tournament. Eight less points than last year, and it's a very strong junior season. With a Notre Dame fighting Irish. Yes. Quinnipiac again, number one overall in the country. They'll be playing Rochester International in the first round. Watch Rochester International win. Watch. Just watch and then win the whole thing. Like years ago when the Gophers were number one in the country. And they lost to frickin' Yale. They lost to frickin' Yale. And Yale went all the way and won the national championship. Go figure. Well, since their first uh, national championship performance, Yale returns to the NCAA tournament. They're playing Mass Lowell. Providence, of course, playing the Minnesota D- Duluth. Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs, who defeated the Gophers in the first round last year with a very uh, weak, just a, a, a very weak performance by the Gophers, and they barely made the tournament last year, just like Michigan this year. All that good stuff. They'll be playing against the defending national champs. I'm pretty sure Providence will win that one, but who knows? Um, Mm. Yeah, it's it's just think. Just two years ago, the Gophers were number one in the country, and they went all the way and lost to the frickin' Union bull uh, bull crap. I I was so mad about that. (sighs) I was pissed off about that. And, of course, you get former WCHA team, St. Cloud State, number two in the country, playing Ferris State. I don't think St. Cloud State's going to ever win a national championship. And Boston U is in the tournament. Pardon me. I was, like, getting lost here. They're playing Denver in the first round. That's where Greenway is with the, uh, with the, uh, the go, the, uh, the wild system, and all. Um, They're they're in the tournament as well. Boston University made the national championship game last year, lost a heartbreaker to Providence when the the goalie basically dropped the puck and things kind of went the way they did. It was kind of a heartbreaker, and you felt bad for the poor kid, but again, you got to hang on to the damn puck. (laughs) Uh, You know, you don't want to be a jerk about it, but you got to you got a Jordan Greenway, by the way, left winger, big, tough guy. Just a wonderful score for that Boston University team. Uh, Ferris State's in there again. They're they're always in there, but they always lose in the first round. They just kind of barely make it. Uh, only a freshman year so far for Jordan Greenway and, and 25 points, 20 assists on the season. I talked about him before. Boston U, I believe, has another. It's one of these two Boston clubs has one other gopher, excuse uh, me, wild uh, prospect which is escaping me at this stage. I do apologize. Come back to that at some point later, I suppose. Oh, man. Harvard and Boston College. That's where uh, Alex Tuck is playing against the, yeah, they're playing against Harvard, the other super rich school. You got, you got two Ivy League schools. In fact, I think Quinnipiac might even be an Ivy League school. North Dakota hosting Northeastern. I have Northeastern. Hmm, third seed in the whole tournament. Notre Dame, Michigan. I already mentioned that. Uh, Boston U and Denver. The Denver Pioneers once again in the tournament. Who do I think is going to win this whole thing? Hmm. I'm going to root for Quinnipiac just because. Uh, I'd rather see, you know, yeah, you hate those Eastern Conference teams or Eastern East Coast, those rich East Coast teams in a sense. You hate to see them go all the way and win, but I'm not cheering for North Dakota or St. Cloud State. I'm sorry. And Providence already won Minnesota-Duluth won one recently, even though I kind of like them, but I hate them for beating us last year. <laughs> There's always one of those swanky East Coast uh, rich schools that's in there, like, you know, Boston University. They, they always get there. Hopefully for Quinnipiac's sake, they finally get it done this year. I mean, they've been there so many times and they have no championships. So go get them, just like poor New Hampshire. I, I feel bad for New Hampshire, too. I remember the Gophers kicked their butts back in three I didn't feel bad for them that year, but every other year I did. When Maine took him out in overtime, that was a heartbreaker. Poor uh, New Hampshire. Mm. Yep. They always seem to they get far and then they collapse. That's New Hampshire. And Quinnipiac, same thing. Last year losing 4-0. Mm. Heartbreaker. I'm glad Union hasn't come back, though. Ugh. I'll never forgive that team. <laughs> I'm such a bad guy, aren't I? I'm just terrible. I'm just terrible. As for the Iowa Wild, there's really nothing much to say. Jordan Schrader was doing well when he was there, and that's about it. Most of the other guys uh Bersky and others. Um it's been pretty quiet over there and of course Olson's been out for a while. Steve McCulloch has been on the wild roster but hasn't score, hasn't uh, been in net active hasn't been uh starting in net or, or played in a game so far. He's been kinda of up and down replacing Kemper and such. Dubnik was injured for a little bit. So McCulloch eventually I, I think he'll be on the wild at some point. But he's 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 been pretty strong in Iowa, but he did get shelled once pretty bad giving up five goals in a game about a week ago for the Iowa Wilds. So, you know, it happens. You, you have bad games here and there. Ultimately, go Quinnipiac, though, when it comes to the NCAA tournament uh, and the, uh, <laughs> the NCAA hockey tournament. I hope Quinnipiac finally gets it done. I wouldn't mind seeing Yale do it again, or maybe even Harvard. But then again, Harvard, why would I cheer for Harvard? They beat the Gophers in 1989 in the Civic Center. National Championship game. Heartbreaker. so I can't cheer for them either. Wisconsin recently fired their coach, as Wisconsin has just fallen off the face of the earth. I mean, you think the Gophers are a mess? And I do think they're a mess. I think they're very disappointing the last two years. Uh, yes, you go through transition periods and such. Even like L- Louisville and <laughs> Louisville the NCAA basketball tournament. I can't believe they're not in there, but I suppose there's a couple of distractions going on with that program right now. Hmm. Yeah, you just... If you care to look it up, go ahead. I don't need to talk about it. <laughs> um, but, the, yeah, I mean, Wisconsin just such a mess. They ended up firing their coach. They're starting kind of starting over, I guess. Hard to believe the Wisconsin Badgers are as down as they are, but I suppose I'm not too sad about it, ultimately. I'd rather see the Gophers succeed than the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, ultimately, is this it for Don Lucia? He's in the final year of his contract. Odds are he's either going to walk without an extension, walk slash retire or whatever, or they'll give him an extension. Um, My personal opinion, and if you're listening to the show, you'd probably like to hear it, just because, even though you may or may not agree with it, I think it's time for Don LaShia to to step away. I think it's time for the Gophers to get some new blood to run the program as the head coach slash recruiter, all that good stuff. I don't have anybody in mind, but there are a lot of young, talented coaches out there that would probably love to come to the Minnesota Gophers. Just like Don Lucia was one of the young, talented coaches out there when it was time for Doug Woog to go back in 1999. And we got Don Lucia in here, the coach of the Colorado College, uh, the Bears, uh, the Colorado College over there. Uh, Ultimately, we were all excited about uh, getting him, and he was fantastic for quite a while. But I think it's time. I, I, I just get the vibe that it's time. Um... There was something different. You just didn't get this. This this team is ready to win a national championship feeling, and the way they went into that championship game a couple years ago, it was unbelievable. And yes, they ran into a buzzsaw and all that, but the, the Gophers just did the, the preparation and all wasn't the same like it used to be. You, you just didn't get the vibe. You don't get the vibe like this team is going to win a national championship again under Don Lucia. Just so, something's missing. You, you need new blood. A new uh, just a whole new feeling. And hope for the best. Get some strong recruits in here. Not that there aren't, but at the same time, it's a struggle, ultimately. I'm ready for Lucia to move on. Maybe my opinion doesn't matter. And ultimately, it probably kind of doesn't. But uh, you, you, uh, before we sign off, though, you have a couple prospects on this Gover team. Both defensemen that have been draft fixed by the Wild the past two years. Nick Steeler was taken in the 2011 draft. That's already been that long. He was a transfer from Nebraska-Omaha. And he more than likely is going to sign with the uh, the Wild in the offseason. He's already 20, well, he's 22 years old. I thought he was 24. I'm thinking of somebody else. Uh, 22 years old. So he's at that age where uh, he's Mike Riley's age. So maybe it's time to get at least to the Iowa Wild. Uh, played two years in the Nebraska Omaha. More of a stay-at-home defenseman. Kind of a single, single point to finally got the double digits this year. All assists, 10 assists for Nick Steeler. But a stay-at-home anchor type defenseman. I think the Wild could definitely use, ultimately. He could ultimately replace a uh, Nate Prosser, long-term, I think. Be at least a stay-at-home type of guy, a 6th, 7th defenseman, maybe 5th. Well, who knows? he get the idea. But a nice, physical, strong guy who can play some tough defense for the Minnesota Wild. That would be great. He'll at least get in the Iowa Wild system and then go from there and hope for him the best, ultimately. And then you have Nick Stadick, also from Lakeville was only a freshman he 's only eighteen years old still, so he 's got a long career ahead of him he won 't be on the wild anytime soon uh, but it 's cool to see him developing on the <clears throat> excuse me on the uh, on the uh, Minnesota gophers right now. If Don Lucia comes back, I'm not going to get all mad. Trust me. Don't, don't worry. I'm not gonna, It's Jack Sadick. I apologize. Not Nick Sadick. I'm getting guys all mixed up, and I apologize. You get all these names in front of you. But yeah, only 18 years old, Jack Sadick, ultimately. Only five assists on the season, but only 15 games. Being a freshman, did not see a whole lot of action. Seventh-round pick in 2015. Another seventh-round pick. Another one. And uh, that's one area, again, where you got to credit Chuck Fletcher. He hits in the seventh round. Whatever it is, you, you know, Grayevac is probably an NHL fourth line center. Um, Ericcala is is more than an NHL fourth line center. He's a second or third line center. And if he keeps developing, maybe even maybe he's even top, but I, I don't know about that. I don't know if he's a top six forward, but he's at least a very, very, very good third line center in the National Hockey League. Um, so hopefully Jack Sadick of Lakeville can continue to develop down in the go a small sample size this year. Hopefully he can continue to develop. Only 15 games with the Gophers as a freshman. So limited limited action so far. We'll see how he develops in his sophomore year next year, whether Don LaShea is back or not. And again, it ain't going to kill me if Don LaShea gets, gets an extension. He's, he is a good coach. Just It's just, what would it be like with a new vibe? Would it be better? Just, that, just the thought process, because it's gotten kind of... I think it's gotten kind of stale with the Gopher program. He's been there a long time. Sometimes it's just time to move on. I mean, he's been there for... 17 years. That, that's a long time. That, that's not a joke. 17 years is a long time. And again, like when he first got here, it was so exciting. He was so awesome and he was so good. And I, I want that feeling again. That up-and-comer. You know, it's like with the Colorado When he came here from the Colorado College and it, he was just in his 40s, in his early 40s, and he's just a stud of a coach. But again, you now it's been many years now, so it is what it is. We'll, we'll see what happens. So with that, we'll wrap things up. Fun. I like getting into the prospects, talking about them a bit. I'm not an expert. I, I'm going to admit that, but you don't really get a whole lot of conversation about these guys and other shows out there. On some shows you do, you get some, and other shows you don't. But hey, you listen to Brave the Wild to talk hockey, talk Minnesota Wild, and you know maybe throw in a little college hockey here because things are things are going on now. You got the tournament starting, and the gopher situation is kind of at a crossroads, I think. So it's it's interesting conversation and it's worthy of, uh, from uh, at least generating some opinions out there. You got some thoughts out there about the Gophers, about the Wild, all that, the NCAA tournament, the prospects, Jordan Greenway, guys like that, Alex Tuck, any of them, Mario Lucía, Erickson Eck, all those guys. Post on the Facebook page, Facebook.com forward slash Minnesota, uh, excuse me, forward slash brave the wild dot Minnesota. Facebook.com forward slash forward slash brave the wild dot Minnesota. Pardon me. I didn't want to screw that up. Yes, it's goofy and mixed up, but I, I should have just put MN, but I did what I did. I apologize for that. For Twitter at Brave the Wild at Brave the Wild. Thank you to those of you in uh, thank you to to those of you in Australia. Some uh, there's at least one out there that listens in Australia. and I, I will obviously, well, no, Vince Germano listens too, and I think Tanae Brown in New Zealand listens. Just thank you guys so much, and and uh, Mr. Allen over there who emailed or messaged me on Facebook not that long ago. Thank you so much, and God bless you, and those of you here in Minnesota and in other states, Iowa, South Dakota, North Dakota, whatever, Canada. Give me a shout out on the Facebook page. Say hello. Also, give Brave the Wild a positive rating on iTunes. It'd be greatly appreciated. And I thank you very much and give you a star rating on the show and everything. Give you a shout out. Give you a big thank you, all that. So Again, thank you so much for your listenership. We'll talk to you soon. We'll hopefully have some more positive things to talk about next week. Until then, do take care.